If we can start a show with anything other than the NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, given the action that we have and what we have to talk about over the last couple of days, if there's any show in which that could happen, it might be this one. It's about to be this one because I am going to pause and hold the presses for anything when I hear Iowa mentioned at the national stage. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you, the sports pen on ESPN-UP. What's up, Jake? How you doing, man? I'm good, and you? I'm good. Staying busy. It's yes. been a, a busy couple weeks for me. Been been putting together this this uh, Sports Zone High School All Sports Award show together the last couple weeks. That's why I wasn't here last week. I was mm-hmm. I was in the ro- or on the road uh, doing a few of those interviews. So um, it's all coming to a head tonight at 7.30 on Local 3. I'm just excited for it. Um, it's going to be a great time. Um, this is the fifth annual show, so um, it's slowly built its its way from kind of just a grassroots idea into a, a bigger production with, with big plans for the future. Um, you know, we're hoping to turn it from a live TV show to maybe something like, like an SB award show mm-hmm. where where uh, athletes and families come into Marquette and, and we we host we rent out a, an auditorium and, and I I or whoever is at local three will will be able to host that so um, you know just been staying busy staying really busy I'm um, just excited to get this thing going and and obviously you know keeping up with the sport sports world as well outside of of the local high school scene so it's a busy time. I'm ready, ready to get it, get it over with. Not gonna lie. I'm looking forward to seeing who won. Watching that around 7:30. Then we've got the NBA Finals, and you were considerate enough. I, I rechecked with them, folks. I made sure that this show isn't gonna be like the NFL draft. It's not gonna start at 7:30, but the first pick or the first award winner is not gonna be announced till 8:15. You are gonna start promptly, and that way we can get to the finals in about an hour and a half after. Right. Yep. So it's gonna, like I said, starts seven thirty, and yeah, there's not gonna be no big, huge production prior. There's not gonna be no, no people talking about what people are wearing or anything like that. It's it's strictly me in you know a standard black suit where I'm gonna mm. be standing up, up uh, on stage and just just kind of um like I said, man, just celebrating great accomplishments. Um, you know, wonderful nominees. We got a, a great list of nominees from from local athletic directors from across the UP, and. Um, yeah, man, it's just gonna be quick hitting, man. We're gonna bang, bang, bang. We got, we got, uh, you know, about twenty something minutes and a half hour to to get it done. And uh, yeah, man, just looking forward to it. It's gonna be great. Well, I tell you what, it's a big deal, you know, when that supersedes the NHL Stanley Cup. The Blues make history last night in a couple of different ways. It precedes the NBA Finals. They're going to make history tonight in a couple of different ways. We're going to get to all that. Even superseded the Iowa shout-out earlier today on the Dan Levitard Show. Let me play that audio. Did you hear this when it happened live? No, I did not. Okay, well, here, let me play this audio for you. Uh, Ryan, you're on with Adam Schefter. Go ahead, Ryan. Is Nick Nurse the best thing to come out of the state of Iowa? Well, I think, uh, I, listen, Nick Nurse has done a great job this year, but uh, right now I'm going to ride TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fan reverting back to football for just a moment. I always like the Nick Nurse references. I also like how Adam Schefter knew about Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, but if you didn't know, and I'm sure you do because I've said it multiple times on this show, Nick Nurse is an Iowa native, grew up in Carroll, Iowa, about an hour south of my hometown. And Iowa eyes are smiling on the NBA Finals. I tell you what, the last guy that coached the Toronto Raptors finished two rounds short of where they are right now. And he still got Coach of the Year. So Nick Nurse darn well better be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. You know, he's probably going to be up there. Uh, I would argue uh, Boonholzer from Milwaukee he's be up could, be, there too. could be another another guy. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve Kerr, man. I could sit on that that bench and I could coach the Golden State Warriors. I don't really, you know what I mean? Like you just got the bench could coach the Warriors. Literally, you you, do, you don't even need a coach with that team. So um, I do think Nick Nurse, obviously, with with the way the the Raptors are now, every every game they play and, and every win from here on out in these finals is is history in the making. Um, I do think if he was chosen as the coach of the year, I don't think anyone would really argue about it. But I do think it's going to come down to those two East coaches when you talk about Mike Budenholzer and, and Nick Nurse. Well, and his assistant is Brad, uh, excuse me, it's Nate Bjorkren, and he is from my hometown. So he's another Iowan. We went, you know, to the same college. He did about 20 years before I did. But I know that family, his aunt, I think it's one of his aunts, was my seventh grade teacher. I covered his nephew. We went to college together. I even covered his brother, who coaches uh, college basketball at the small college level back in Iowa. But it's a good family and a good basketball family, and 
Iowa eyes are smiling. Despite that, I'm still not picking the Raptors to win more than a game in this series. Right. Um, it's it's pretty it's, it's pretty neat, man. It seems like you Iowans stick together. We do. You know. Yeah, we're proud people. I see that. I yeah. see that's pretty that's that's cool. Um, but going back to the series, yes, I do think the Golden State Warriors. I I think they're going to win in five games. Um, I I said it before. I thought the Milwaukee Bucks were, would be a more difficult matchup for um, the Golden State Warriors. But I think just with Kevin Durant out. I do think that kind of adds a little chip to the to the Warriors' shoulders just because they want to remind people that they were able to win the championship without Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, yes, he elevates the team, but they still have a lot of great great players um, on that team. So I just like the way they're playing. They're playing a little bit more loose, a little bit more free. Um, Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry are, are shooting lights out. They're, they're doing their thing. And obviously, um, Draymond Green, I think, is peaking right now in his career. Um, and I hate to say it because I'm, I'm just I'm a huge Michigan fan. Yeah. Um, but shout out, you know, he's from Michigan, so shout out Draymond <laughs> Green. Um, but, yeah, man, it's just really hard to, for me to just picture a team defeating the Warriors without LeBron James on the, on the team. Mm-hmm. So uh, a LeBron James-led team defeating the Warriors. I just can't see it. And, and until I do, I, it's hard for me to pick against them. Um, they have Kawhi Leonard, but really who else do they have? You know, Kawhi Leonard defensively is going to be key who he's going to be, mm-hmm. be teaming up against. But it's like then you have Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. He can do it all. He's averaging a triple-double. It's just they just got too much firepower. And um, even if Durant doesn't come back, I still think it's heavily favored in Golden State's um, favor, I guess you can say. If Durant does come back, I still think Toronto has the best player in this series. They don't have the most, you know, all-stars or good players, but they do have the best player right now in Kawhi Leonard. I don't know if Kevin Durant's going to come back this series. He might for games five, six, or seven, if need be. He's not going to come back in game one or two and yet still made the trip to Toronto, leaving the door open, you know, the possibility, even though we all know he's not going to play in game two, letting the Raptors think about it, letting Nick Nurse prepare for both of them, just a flex move, just to bring him on the plane, bring him into Toronto and put him there on the bench. Really, it's uh, like an intimidation thing. You're saying this is our insurance policy series gets close. We'll let him rest up during the summer. Doesn't matter if he tweets that calf again. He's our insurance policy. Yeah. And some may argue, and I even could sit here and argue that Nick Nurse may welcome Kevin Durant to come back to mm-hmm. maybe throw off their chemistry, throw off that well-oiled machine that Golden State has going for them right now. Any little thing that could kind of throw off their rhythm or something like that or or you know, just kind of get mentally into the, the Warriors players' heads because they just seem to be kind of laser focused. I mean, they've just kind of flown through these these playoffs without a lot of you know a lot of uh, friction, I guess you can say, a lot of pushback. So um, it would be interesting to see. Obviously, Boogie Cousins um, is going to be able to, to suit up tonight. He's back. And I don't even know if you're the Golden State Warriors. Why, if if you don't have to, you just don't even play him. Yeah. You, you know why? Why? Well, it's working for you. Why? come in and mess with something that you know less friction it, less of a distraction exactly why why bring someone in that could possibly been playing well right you know why bring someone like i said why bring someone in that's gonna gonna mess up what you got got going just i would just keep things going until you lose and it, it was an interesting thing i was hearing um would it be in kevin durant's favor to come back you know does he want to come back and prove that obviously he can still he's still one of the best players in the NBA. We all know that. But um, what happens if they go on to win and they don't need him without mm-hmm. him? You know what I mean? What does that do for Kevin Durant? Does does that kind of tarnish his legacy? Um, and then if he does come back, you know what what, what would that do for him? You know, you can argue. Um, I don't know. He's he, I think Kevin Durant's in a tough spot. He's obviously going to go somewhere and get paid either way. Mm-hmm. But but it's kind of he's always. He's always listening to what people outside of basketball have to say. And this would just be another argument saying, hey, Kevin Durant, you did go to Golden State, but you kind of, you know, you, you didn't you didn't win championships like a lot of guys do. And, and that's like if Kawhi Leonard, Leonard would lead a team like the Raptors to a championship, I would put way that way more heavily than, oh, okay, I respect that championship way more than anything Kevin Durant has done. So There's always going to be an asterisk next to Kevin Durant's accomplishments in Golden State because of the teammates he has. I think there's a bigger decision to be made here, at least in this offseason, nobody's talking about. Not a tougher decision, but a bigger decision, and that's on the shoulders of the Golden State front office. You get the question, are the Warriors better without Kevin Durant? 
I personally don't think that you can take someone of that caliber out of a lineup and get better, but it does maximize the potential of several other players on that team. That being said, Kevin Durant is a non-factor, or he has been for a lot of these playoffs, and that includes contributions for or against Golden State. Because keep in mind, maybe they are better. Maybe they are. I'm not saying they, they're not better. It's just hard for me to believe it. I don't know that you can get better by taking a guy like that out. But the thing is, maybe they look so good without Kevin Durant on the floor when he's injured because they're not playing him. Because you saw him in Oklahoma City, and they were always really good when Kevin Durant was with them. They were a real challenge for the Warriors. They had them down 3-1 to one in the playoffs at one point. Maybe they look better without Kevin Durant because they're not playing him. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a, a great argument. I don't... Like you said, I don't think they're they're better without Kevin Durant. I just think they're more efficient. I think mm-hmm. that offense runs smoother without another guy that that dominates the ball and, and likes to shoot. Um, I think obviously talent wise, they're definitely not better without him on on their roster. Right. But um, I just think the way that their offense works and things like that, I just think it's just more efficient. Yeah, if, does that make sense? It makes sense, and that that's the thing. The Warriors do look good. They look like the old version of themselves without Kevin Durant. They still look good with or without him on the floor, but there were gaps in the armor back then. They weren't the unbeatable dynasty that they are right now. They were a great team without Kevin Durant, and I'm talking about when he played for Oklahoma City. They were really good. Kevin Durant made them unbeatable. They weren't unbeatable back then. LeBron James showed us that. He denied them a third straight championship back in 2016. Will the Warriors continue to look this good, as good as they are right now without Kevin Durant, if they have to play against Kevin Durant down the road? That's going to be the biggest question. Right, and and all signs, I mean, I guess not all signs, but I would, if I was Kevin Durant, I'm trying to get to the Eastern Conference as soon as I can, just because um, the road is, is just a little bit easier. It's not as different as the west you know when you talk about difficulty and road to the to the finals but um you know yeah i mean if i was the warriors i would not want to see kevin durant in a final series no. um you know with all that to prove you know if you think about it if kevin durant was to go up against the the golden state warriors in a final series with a championship on the line that's going to make or break his whole career you know, he, you know he's going to be motivated. He's going to be locked in. He's going to want to prove a point to everybody, to the whole world. And that's uh, part of the reason I'd rather see Durant in a final series. I'm sorry. I would rather see LeBron in a final series if I were the Warriors instead of Durant. I think Durant, if you're an Eastern Conference team, is the guy that you would rather have as your top dog than LeBron right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think LeBron – I mean, LeBron's not, not that super superhero that he used to be. You right. know, super <laughs> – Super superstar, mm-hmm. you know. Now you can kind of see his age is a little. I'm, he's still really good. I'm not taking anything away from LeBron, but you know his his skills are diminishing a little bit. You know his athleticism, his his endurance. Um, I just think mentally his his mental edge even um, is is you know on the decline just just a little bit. It's not. He's still a really good player, but but I do agree. I'd rather I would rather see LeBron just because in sports it's it's crazy when when you talk about revenge and. In, in things like that and and obviously this last season or so there's been a little bit of heads butting when you talk about Draymond Green and things and and things like that so I think he would have all the motivation in the world and and when you're motivated like that when you have that inner fire because you, you thought you were you know you thought you were wronged mm-hmm. I mean that's scary that's scary motivation and I think Kevin Durant would be able to you know being as good as he is and him in his prime um, I think he'd be able to do some damage, and, and yeah, I mean, especially if he's with another superstar, you know, which all signs are indicated that he's going to go to a team that can sign sign another star. I would think L.A. would be a good place for him. The Clippers, Kawhi Leonard possibly. There is some appeal to the Clippers for Kawhi Leonard, but you start to see the Raptors get on more of a run. You think, what is the appeal about going to L.A.? They've got some good pieces over there. But you've got some good pieces where you are right now, and you're in a much less competitive conference, a place that you're probably going to be the top dogs going into next season if you bring everybody back, or at least your core pieces. So what would be the motivation to want to go to Los Angeles? Well, they've got some good pieces there. They were an eight seed this year. They get one or both, Kawhi and KD, 
and they're going to be a top three seed in the Western Conference. They've got a really good head coach over there, not saying Nick Nurse isn't, but Doc Rivers has been around the block a little bit more, and he's had more success with that throughout his career. I think there's still a lot of appeal for Kawhi Leonard to want to go there, and it makes you wonder if he does win the title this year. It'll be his second. Does he want to go to a fun city like Los Angeles where he'll at least still be competitive? Do the LeBron thing, but join a good team, a sound, stable uh, franchise. He's already got, if he wins this year, two rings. You know, what more is he trying to do? We're really going to find out, is he a competitor or not? Mm-hmm. I think those are going to be some of the questions that are answered this offseason. Right. If you look look at it strictly from a basketball standpoint, a lot more pros than cons to stay in in Toronto. Like you said, the path to, to the finals is much easier. You're obviously with, with a team that has shown they can get to the finals, management that has shown that they're willing to do whatever it takes. Obviously, you got a guy just saying he'll give you a penthouse. Um, you're already immortalized for the shots. You're probably one. Of, you're probably the most popular Raptor ever, and you haven't even completed one season. You got <laughs> you got a city just bowing to you right now. It's everything as a player you you ever want. And like you said, if he's able to win another championship, then it's like now you already have a, you know you already have your legacy. Why would you want to leave that? You know now you kind of planted your roots and and you want to stay there. Um, I was uh, I was trying to bring the argument up a few to a few people that if if Kawhi won the championship, it would make it easier for him to to leave Toronto just because you know you kind of fulfilled everything you were supposed to do there, right. um, rather than maybe just get just miss out on a championship and, I then, agree with you. and then people yeah. arguing, hey, why would you leave when we when next year all you need to do is add one more piece, you know? But I would if you won the championship, you could be like, hey. I did what I was supposed to do. I got you guys a championship. You know, I want to go play on the West Coast. That's always been my dream. That's where I, I feel more comfortable, and I'm going to dip out. Uh, it's I been fun. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I don't know. It's it's tricky. For a guy like Kawhi, it's really hard to read him just because mm-hmm. he's such a mellow dude, doesn't really show a lot of emotion, doesn't really talk a whole lot. So um, it's kind of like how strong how strong is it that he wants to go to the West Coast and play in L.A.? I mean – like you said, if you brought Kevin Durant and, and Kawhi Leonard to the, the Clippers, I mean, I don't know, man. That's that's just them two. I don't care who's around them. That could be a, a, just a, a great team. If you go to the city, you overexceed expectations, bring them a championship, it's your second ring, and you want to go to a fun city where you'll still be competitive, that would make it pretty easy for Kawhi to walk away. I agree with you. I think if they lose this series, especially losing six or seven games, and they feel close, they feel that there were a few things that could have gone differently and they would have won the series, that makes him want to come back to Toronto. That makes him want to prove something and build something special in Toronto. So maybe the best thing, if they want him long-term, is they lose this series. I tell you what, we got to take a timeout, but you said something really interesting, and that is you've got an entire city bowing to you. And Michael Wilbon made the statement earlier today, you've got a whole country behind you when you play a team from Toronto. But do you really? That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP and the ESPN UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. ESPN UP is your home for the NBA Finals. We will have all the ESPN broadcast available to you right here on our AM and FM stations, plus online with our free mobile app which you can get from the Apple Live Store or Google Play. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Tonight, for the first time ever, the NBA Finals will be played on Canadian soil when Golden State visits Toronto. You hear this saying all the time. Michael Wilbon said it earlier today. Once you play a team from Toronto, whether it be the Blue Jays, the Raptors, to a lesser extent, maybe the Maple Leafs, because there are more Canadian teams in that league. Once you play a team from uh, Toronto... You're playing the entire country. The entire country is backing you. You don't just have one city. The people of Toronto are losing their ever-loving minds for what's going on right now, as they should. They've been waiting how long for the Raptors to get to this point, and now they finally have. But is that true for the rest of the country? You know, I wondered that. And I wanted to find out. I know a few people in Canada. I wanted to reach out to them. People that don't live in Ontario, that would live outside of the geographical area. And I wanted to see if people from other parts of Canada really do lose their minds for the Raptors and what they're doing. So I'm messaging 
uh, guy from Winnipeg last night and asking him, all these American radio hosts say that when you play a team like Toronto, you are playing an entire country, not just a city, because the only Canadian team in a league. Is this true? As a guy from Manitoba, how excited are you for the Raptors to be playing for an NBA championship, for a Canadian team to play for an American trophy? And he told me he'll probably watch it. Some people are excited about it. Basketball's just not that big in Canada. For the people that are in Toronto experiencing this and have Raptors season tickets, it's a huge deal. But I don't think it's true when people say that the entire country is behind the Raptors, that when you play a Toronto team in basketball, maybe that's not true for baseball, they support that a little better, certainly for hockey. I don't think it's necessarily true when someone says, you play the Toronto Raptors, you play all of Canada. Yeah, and and I can see that for sure. Obviously, the people who are right outside, living right outside the arena, who can go and take in an NBA game and, and get a good feel of, of what an NBA, what the NBA is all about, I guess you can say, and you're seeing other teams from the U.S. come in and things like that. But like you said, if you're out on the West West Coast over there in Canada, you've never seen a basketball game live. You know, it's a like like you mentioned, it's a whole different country, man. People have grown up watching other things. Hockey is the sport. Yeah, you know what I mean. People mm-hmm. take hockey serious. So I'm I'm I would probably have to go and guess that maybe they're even even with two american teams in the stanley cup they're probably more focused on what's going on that's what i was wondering you know what i mean going on what's going on with the stanley cup just because hockey's such such a huge sport but if i was out you know out on the west west side of canada and i never went to an nba game and and honestly growing up basketball really wasn't a thing because i mean toronto wasn't that great Mm-hmm. You know, especially I'm I'm gonna turn 30 here this year. As you know, even you know my whole life, I had, obviously Vince Carter. Yep. Vince Carter is my favorite NBA player of all time. Mm-hmm. Like I, a huge Vince Carter fan. I never was a fan of the Raptors. I was just a fan of Vince Carter and the way he used to dunk the ball. But mm-hmm. um, you know, just just they just never really been good. Never really been drawn to it. And and normally when you're when you're young, that's when you kind of are influenced by it and you fall in love with the sport. And if if you don't get that, then then it's hard to kind of root for a team. Obviously. It's kind of like the you know the Olympics. At some point, you start rooting for the U.S. just because it's your country. So I'm sure uh, when you talk about it, look at it like, okay, it's Canada versus the U.S. Uh, I got to root for for my home country. And then maybe you know you can back the Raptors. But I mean, excited, pumped, super pumped. I don't know, man. I don't I, I don't see it. Like you said, I, I kind of agree with 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 your friend. I don't get that vibe from people really outside of Ontario that they are this hyped for it. You see all the Jurassic Park videos they call themselves. You don't see that out in Manitoba, Nova Scotia, British Columbia. You're just not seeing people that excited. And maybe the geograph uh, geography, the geographical landscape factors into that. I'm sure it does. I just don't think it's true when people say when you play the Raptors, you're not playing just a city, you're playing a whole country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, um, you know, geographically, you can look at it like, say, you're out in whatever on the west side. You could, you might be rooting more for an American, like a Portland, Oregon team sure. or something, maybe a team just a little bit closer or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't have a map in front of me. I'm not, I'm not great at geography. You, I think it's closer. D.C., you might Vancouver. be a Portland Trailblazer fan. Exactly, you know things like that. Um, and who knows if you're not a you're not a Drake fan? Honestly, mm. that could turn you off to the Raptors because he's all <laughs> over. This is like Drake's showcase for you know he's taking advantage. Drake, is, I'm going off topic. Drake is the biggest hype beast I've yes, ever he is. seen. Whatever he's the international ambassador, whatever official title. whatever he can do. I'm not, the basketball thing is a little bit different. He's been he's been following the Raptors and and he's been courtside even with all those heartbreaks. But right. anything he can jump on, that's that's the next big thing. He's going to do it. Apparently, um, the NBA did talk to him about his. I heard about that. I heard about they asked him. To, they anything. asked to move him back seats and things like that. Mm-hmm. That might be the key to them winning the series. Yeah. You know what I mean? If Drake could get into the head of some of these players, you know that might that actually might be their their kryptonite. Who knows? But um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 it, the saying the whole country's behind it. You can't really say that because because you, you don't know. Well, it's going to be the first ever NBA Finals game played in Canada this evening, and again we'll have it here with a tip off set for nine o'clock. Tell you what, the worst thing that could happen for the NBA. I'm going to tell you what that is here in just a second, but here's my final finals prediction. I'm going to give it to you before we tip off, before anything gets going. 
I've said it before, but I'm going to double down on it. Warriors in five, but I think the Raptors are going to win tonight. Do you? I do. I think they're going to win game one tonight. Some false hope. Warriors win four straight. They rip off four straight. So it's going to be a good night for Toronto. They won't get swept. I'd be shocked if they get swept. But I can see them winning tonight. I mean, that's interesting. I think it's going to go. I think it it will be the Warriors in five. I think Golden State's going to come out. I think they're going to want to jump on Toronto and kind of impose their will a little bit, their championship will, um, if you may. Um, tonight's a really big if, – if Toronto can get a win, I mean, that could, could sw- definitely swing the, the, the swivel a little bit um, in the series. I just think uh, Golden State's going to come out, and I, I think they might. I think they're going to win big tonight. I think Golden State will win big tonight. Um, you know, they're going to show who they are, and that's that's the champion that they are. And um, I think they're going to win tonight. I think Toronto might might win a close one in Game Two. They're going to go back. Um, Golden State's going to take care of business on their home floor, and then you know they're going to wrap it up. So. Um, it's going to be a huge obviously tonight we're going to learn a lot about how this series is going to go um but in my head right now as as we're sitting here talking i just see golden state as such a superior team and i just don't know if toronto has the firepower especially if Kawhi say he gets in foul trouble or something happens like that um they're definitely not going to be able to keep up with what the warriors have see i half agree with what you said there i do think that they're going to split in toronto which is exactly what the nba wants because, let's face it, if the Warriors win both in Toronto, people aren't going to watch. They're just going to stop watching the finals because it's not going to be interesting. We know how it's going to end. But I can see that happening. Drop. I could see That's it happening, e- too. I could easily see that happening. And if just people like, want to wow. talk conspiracy theories, the Raptors do get one in Toronto, maybe even both. Then you really have a conspiracy because if the Warriors win both games in Toronto and then they go to Oracle up 2 nothing, people are going to quit watching. So people could say the refs might be a little biased to Toronto just to keep fan interest. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I do. The part I disagree with you, though, is where I don't think tonight is going to be a microcosm of the series. I think tonight is going to be completely a red herring. I think it's going to be similar to the Bucks boston series, that Boston's dominant win in game one, complete red herring for the rest of the series. I think that's what tonight is going to bring. I can see that, obviously. Um, we've seen it happen before. Um, let's just say this: Toronto's going to have to. Have, Kyle Lowry's going to have to play very consistent basketball mm-hmm. every single game. He's going to have to be a factor, um, not even only scoring the ball, but he's going to have to be able to, to to get people in position to score. I think Marcus Saul is going to have to obviously play. Everyone, let's just put it this way: everyone on the Raptors is going to have to bring their A plus game for them to, I think, to even just be in the series. To be honest with you, so um, I don't know, man. That's how I feel. I just I just think the Warriors are going to come out. They're going to show us who they are, and that's the champions. And um, we're going to see if Toronto really believes that they can beat this team. Well, I tell you what, we hit the bottom of the hour. Before we go to break, we did our fan poll. How will the NBA Finals play out? Voted on Twitter. I appreciate you if you did. 36% of the audience say Warriors in 6 or 7. So Warriors in 6 or 7, the most popular vote. That's what people seem to think is going to happen. Warriors in 4 or 5, that's where you and I fell in. That was second with 29%. Raptors in 6 or 7 got 28%. And then Raptors in 4 or 5 got the remaining 7%. Who's out there? Someone voted for that. Who's out there voting for that? Come on, guys. (laughs) Let's take this serious. Raptors in 4 or 5. Hey, if the Raptors win in 4... I don't, I, don't know. I don't want to say anything crazy because who knows if it would happen. I'll do something crazy. Uh, we owe you a timeout. When we come back, MLB gets another reason why they need to expand protective netting last night. Plus, we break down the NHL Stanley Cup final game two and look ahead to the series as it shifts to St. Louis next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Here is your SportsCenter update. The Chicago Cubs have signed outfielder Carlos Gonzalez to a minor league deal. How about that? Cargo's still around. The 33-year-old three-time All-Star hit 210 this spring with Cleveland before being released. 
College Hoops Kentucky guard Brad Calipari has entered the NCAA transfer portal. Calipari redshirted this year after appearing in just 27 games over the course of his first two seasons. And yes, his father is head coach John Calipari. So John doing his darndest to not be one of those parents accused of favoring their kid. That's That must be awkward. <laughs> must be a little awkward. Yeah, think about family dinner now. And finally... Astros shortstop Carlos Correa will miss the next four to six weeks with a fractured rib. The 2015 American League Rookie of the Year suffered the rib fracture Tuesday morning at his home while receiving a massage. What? Yes. How some would you like some to might say that was a great massage. Man, I don't know if that's a great massage. I've heard of deep tissue, but oh man, I don't know if that was a team masseuse, but if it was, they're not anymore. Right. I'm one of probably one of the few out there that has never received a professional that right? massage. I think I could use one after this this week I had. I had one last week. Yeah, break a rib? No, no. no. Is it as good as they th- they say? Do you feel like a whole new person? Depends afterwards? on the masseuse. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got a coupon. It was fifty percent off if I used it before May seventeenth, and last week was not May seventeenth. It was a little after, but they still accepted it, nice. so it worked out. Perfect. But I tell you what, that is your sports center update. How would you like to apply for another masseuse job after that? I only broke one of the best hitter in baseball's ribs when I tried giving him a, a massage. Is your career over? I hope not. You know, I mean, as a masseuse? like Oh, as a masseuse, yeah. As a masseuse? Yeah, probably. That, that's tough. Yeah. You know, you'd have to probably try to hide that, that incident. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, we go to the ice with the St. Louis Blues evening up the Stanley Cup final last night at a game apiece. First period was really good, and then not a lot of action until the overtime session. All the scoring and regulation scored in the first 20 minutes. We even had one of the biggest hits that Oscar Sundquist is going to have a disciplinary hearing for, for boarding Matt Grizzlick. Uh, but then in overtime, Carl Gunnarsson went 53 games without a goal. 53 career games. His first ever goal, most important of his life, maybe the most important in Blues history because they win their first ever Stanley Cup final game. 1-13 has never looked so good. But that's their record in Stanley Cup finals. Right. I mean, as long as you got one, you, you, know, you want to get four. Um, <laughs> crazy thing about sports is sometimes, you know, those moments happen where, like you said, he didn't score in, in so many games and all of a sudden you're you're finding the back of the net and 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 just another another great story um the game last night i was able to kind of you know i i watched it here and there i didn't mm-hmm. get to watch the whole game um and on, i unfortunately missed that first period but from all accounts like you said it, it was just a physical physical game and, and a lot of action a lot of just back and forth in that first period um I it, it, I don't want to see Boston win another. Nobody does. So I'm I'm really rooting for for the Blues, and I just really like how how they became. You know, they've always been a physical group, but they really try, just try to really impose and and things, and they were able to do that. And um, especially in that overtime period, um, they just kind of seemed like they were the aggressor. Um, a lot of shots on goal there, and and finally they were able to have that breakthrough. Um, what a story the Blues are this this uh, year. I think a lot of people are, are backing them just because I, I think they're obviously the underdog in the, in the series. So um, I like myself some physical hockey. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving the, the the way this series has played out so far. Um, and I'm just hoping, to, you know, we, hockey's one of those things. If it's not the wings, I, I like to just see really close series and things mm-hmm. like that. I, I've loved the game sevens in, in a lot of these series and things like that. So I hope I hope we just see a great series that comes down to, to maybe one period in, in game seven. The officials did get the call right, by the way. I didn't think there was anything egregious on uh, Sunquist hit, and he ended up getting a two-minute minor. I thought that was the right call. I'm not sure what's going to come of his hearing. But I tell you what, St. Louis has an even series as they head back home. That may not be the best thing for them, though, because they've been significantly better on the road this year. I have no idea why. Cannot begin to explain it. But they have been much better on the road this season. And it's weird to say that the best they could probably hope for in their home ice is to split and go back to Boston 2-2 because they haven't been consistent enough at home to win two in a row. I I don't think they're going to. I think they'd have a better chance doing it on the road, and I can't even begin to tell you why. Yeah, I mean, if if you can get a split, you you know, 2-2, you head back, um, game five, um, win that game. 
on the road. If you're such the the road warrior you are, go back home, lose on home ice, and then win on the road. Win your first Stanley Cup <laughs> ever. It's, it's perfect. It's working out perfect. It works out pretty well where you have road ice advantage. If road, you're this is road, road ice advantage. <laughs> we 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 figured it out. They have road ice advantage this Stanley Cup and. And they're, they're just going to continue doing that. So, Well, I tell you, another thing that makes St. Louis so good is their penalty kill. It has gotten consistently better throughout these playoffs. They continue to evolve. Craig Berube took over midseason as head coach, and he continues to make his cage uh, for why he's the best coach in hockey this year because he's evolving the penalty kill unit. Now, they're not going to be at the top of the charts when you take into account the entire season, but their penalty kill... It's just like you don't have a lane. There's always somebody rotating, getting in the passing lane, and then they send it down and get a clear. Power plays just haven't been effective. For, well, at least they aren't as effective as they, I wouldn't say, need to be. Maybe we expect from Boston. It just hasn't been the same look, and I think you've got to give a lot of credit to St. Louis, Craig Berube, and the job they've done drawing up the penalty kill. Right, and and. You know those penalty goals that those are momentum killers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in in sports, it's it's usually a game of momentum for the most part, and and yeah, you can gain momentum off successful penalty kills as well. So, um, from what I you know have been hearing, uh, Boston Stars they didn't really do a lot last night. You know, mm-hmm. they were kind of non-existent. So Boston's going to need them to step up and score some goals. Um, but you, you tell me, you give me the team who has the best penalty kill in the series, and, and chances are they're going to win the whole thing. So um, it's one small part of the game, but it's a really big part of the game. And as long as they can stay successful, I don't see why why they can't win the Stanley Cup, man. It's crazy as that sounds. Coach coming in midseason, obviously they, they're terrible, excuse me, terrible um, early on in the season. But, I mean, when you get things rolling, things, things can go your way, and, and the team gets confidence, anything can happen. When I was talking to... One of my friends from Canada last night, I asked him how people outside of Ontario were feeling about the Raptors being in the finals. He asked me how Americans are feeling about Toronto playing for an American trophy. I told him, we're all pretty much behind you unless you're, we're Warrior fans. Uh, we are sick of them. Very similar to what's going on in the Stanley Cup right now. Please God, anybody but Boston, even if you're not a fan of St. Louis, Nobody's a fan of the Boston Bruins. There's two two hockey teams that I just don't like to see winning in mm-hmm. the NHL. The Boston Bruins and and I hate to say this, the Pittsburgh Penguins. No, that's a popular um, answer. You know what I mean? Me. So <laughs> so yeah, uh, in 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 the NBA early on I was a huge fan of the the Warriors, but then at some point it's just like, "Oh my goodness, I I just can't I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it." So I'm I'm team Canada right now. Yeah. As much as I say, you know, Warriors in 5, et cetera, et cetera, I would love to see Toronto win a, a championship. I like new champions and things like that and um just since the Warriors have made this dynasty team, the NBA's just kind of been like ugh, you know what I mean? LeBron has been able to kind of shake things up a little bit, but it's just like uh, let's just wait until the Warriors win the championship, you know waiting for that, that big moment to where someone actually knocks them out. Um, it, but that, it also makes me respect LeBron just a little bit more because mm-hmm. the way he was able to do that. I mean, Kyrie hit the shot. But, I mean, it, looking back, we're going to look back on that and it's going to be it's going to be – people are going to realize it was way more crazy of a moment than, than what some might seem in the present day. Usually my policy is that if an American team is playing a Canadian team for a trophy – I picked the American team, especially in hockey, and I tell you what, I, I'm loving the fact that Canadian teams haven't reached the cup finals since, I think, 2011. I think Vancouver made it 2011, I think, was the last time, and they haven't won it in over two decades, so I'm okay with that, but, you know, I'd be all right with seeing the Raptors take mm-hmm. home the NBA trophy, too. Yeah, what's going on, Canada? I thought you guys were, like, <laughs> hockey players. Come on, now. Yeah, there's, like, uh, I believe there's seven Canadian teams. There might be eight. I think there's seven. I can... It's kind of up quick. There's Ottawa, Montreal, uh, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Toronto. Uh, who am I missing, Jake? Who am I missing here off the top of my head? Calgary. Flames. Flames. And uh, did I miss somebody? can't remember who I said now. What did I say now? <laughs> call, call, in if we, call in if Tanner missed, right, missed somebody. I, I can get this. Edmonton. I don't know if I said Edmonton the first time around. Edmonton, uh, Vancouver, Ottawa. Montreal, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Toronto. There we go. So yeah, seven. So seven of them. Thank yes. you, whoever who, who, for the the listeners who stayed. You just didn't turn the channel. There. <laughs> thank, thank you for you believing for, in. Thank me. you for believing in Tanner. You you witness greatness. <laughs> 
that's maybe the greatest thing I'm going to do today. <laughs> I tell you what, it's going to be a fun night getting to see this transpire. There's optimism in Toronto, even if they lose this series again. I think that means Kawhi Leonard has a better chance of coming back. I still don't think he is going to, but his odds of coming back, I think, are better if Toronto loses this series. Another reason for them to be optimistic, here's a stat you won't be able to believe. And it happened after you were on the show last, so I get to share it with you for the first time now, even though it officially happened on Friday. The Toronto Blue Jays have a lot of reason to feel optimistic in their young core. Obviously, Vlad Guerrero Jr., what he's done has been pretty good in the early going, despite missing the first month of the season. Last week, they called up Kevin Biggio, a Notre Damer. I remember following his career for a while. He is the son of Craig Biggio, the Hall of Fame uh, middle infielder from the Houston Astros. I couldn't believe this, but when they officially became teammates last week, it is the first time in Major League history that sons of MLB Hall of Famers are teammates. Hmm. How about that? That's actually that's... Just teammates, not even in the same lineup. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's crazy. It's kind of amazing. You know what I mean? You you would think that maybe somewhere down the line in how many years baseball has been an actual sport, Mm -hmm. that uh, obviously when you're a Hall of Famer, genetics is is huge. You produce another MLB or they team up with it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Who comes – who looks at these stats and who's able to find these stats? Where is this stat bank? Elias Sports Bureau. Oh. They're pretty good at it. They do good work. Help us out here at ESPN. That's crazy. I tell you what, they've got reason to feel optimistic uh, with that young group. Just, it's hard to believe that that was the first time ever. But yeah, it's an unbelievable stat. I've been waiting for a good time to do that one, to share it with you. Seemed like a good time with a big night coming up for the city of Toronto. Hey, everything's revolving around Toronto right now, and they, they deserve it. They Here's deserve something it. that doesn't, though. Let's, uh, let's go to baseball. You know, Blue Jays, what have you. This has to do with last night's Cubs-Astros game. We get another reason why MLB needs more protective netting. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand with our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just search up ESPN-UP. You can get some great stuff on there, and it's free. You can hear this show live, hear it on demand, hear everything ESPN has to offer. We carry it in our app, including... Game one of the NBA Finals this evening in Toronto, Golden State visits the Raptors. Well, I tell you what, last night it was a scary scene at the Cubs-Astros ball game when a line drive off the bat of Albert Almora Jr. struck a small child, a little girl, and she appears to be okay in stable condition, non-life-threatening injuries, but another really scary moment. Now, Mora was visibly shaken from it. Afterwards, he mentioned that he wants to establish a relationship lifelong with the girl and her family. He just feels horrible about it. And there was a similar situation a few years ago when the Twins were playing the Yankees. A small child was struck with a ball at Yankee Stadium. And it just makes you wonder why MLB has not they don't even have rules in force saying that there's regulation uh, length netting that needs to be put in place at all ballparks. They leave it up to the discretion of each ballpark. Yankee Stadium certainly was one that decided to implement netting without being uh, forced, I should say. Not being required probably is a better word. The Minnesota Twins at Target Field, they did that, even though there haven't been instances like what we saw at Yankee Stadium or last night. But you go to places like T-Mobile Park in Seattle where the Mariners play and their netting stretches just beyond the dugout and people up and down those baselines are left very much exposed and you'd be hard-pressed to find a place with shorter netting. I know people love getting foul balls and there's still that opportunity for that, but it's just starting to look like foul pole to foul ball protective netting is the best way to go. We're just seeing incidents like this even one is too many. Yeah, and you know, just watching that video, it was just hard to watch, just because I have a a younger daughter myself, and you, you know, you got to just think about it. This, this family went to the game to have a good time, you know, spent their hard-earned money to go to go watch their favorite team play, and, and unfortunately, I don't know if that girl's going to ever want to step foot in a ballpark mm-hmm. ever again. Um, I'm I'm one of those people that man at every sporting event, whether it be hockey or anything like that, I'm always like aware. I always have like this. Aw- just 
extra alertness at what's happening just because I have a, a, a little fear of of getting hit mm-hmm. by by a ball and, and even just being um, shooting sports. Softball is a thing. I've been hit with a softball, just a you know, just a, a ball getting pulled and and just hitting me and then things like that and me going down. So um, I I don't know what the the argument against having the netting would be whether it be just the vision or something like that but like you said i mean even you know when when players are are definitely pulling balls and and things like that um i don't see why how has it worked out at at the yankee stadium at the twin stadium has there been any complaints and things like that no they find ways then you know it's pretty easy to see through this type of netting then i like you said like you said why not have it in place to where you're you know making sure that the fans of your sport are are safe and then, like I said, it's just it's a scary thing because, you know, it's hard because especially when balls are going that fast, you can't, you know, you don't really know. It's not, you're not always focused on a baseball game. It's a long game. I wouldn't be focused on a baseball game. I might be looking down. You never know. And, and to get hit. And, and luckily she's okay. But, man, yeah, that's just scary. It's, it's unfortunate that happened to, to such a young, a young child. Robert uh, Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, he's so concerned with losing the younger generation. How do we get it back? First and foremost, prevent them from getting drilled by line drives that find their way into the seats. The other big thing that he needs to do, instead of doing these stupid pitch clocks, trying to shorten the game or speed it up, instead of doing stuff like that, you want to get people interested in the game, make it safer for them to attend. The other thing, get rid of media blackouts. How many times have I been in an area wanting to watch my favorite team? Only access uh, is through uh, some type of streaming app, and it's blacked out. No wonder you're losing such a big part of the population, but that's un- unrelated. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's that's your your anger. Feel pretty strongly about yeah, that. Yeah, strong opinions there. But, but I agree. I, there's yeah. been games where I wanted to. It's like what what's going on here? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And no other sport does that. No, no. That's Lions fans. Yeah, it's a baseball thing. Mm-hmm. So I tell you what, uh, I I don't know why this is an issue that we continue to deal with. Why it's something that the MLB has not said. This is going to be the requirement for your ballpark that you need to have protective netting. Uh, I w- it doesn't even have to be foul to f- foul pole to foul pole because I know every ballpark is constructed differently, but there needs to be some kind of measurement that's put in place so things like this don't continue to happen. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I mean if it's preventative, like I said, why why not just do it? It just it just doesn't make any sense. And um, you know who knows? So hopefully this is this is an incident where the MLB kind of looks at it and. And it's kind of like okay, I mean this this will happen. Obviously, there's a lot of baseball games, and there is a lot of games where people, fans leave when no one gets hit. But mm-hmm. um, the few times it does, I mean, it's scary, man. Like you said, that could have been a lot worse, and the MLB could have been in some really big big trouble if if it, it went the other way, and the, and the girl was unable to recover. Who knows? In worst case scenario, so. Um, if I was at MLB, I would be looking into it for sure. A few players know that better than anybody. A few of those, and I'm not just talking about Albert Almora. I'm talking about guys like uh, um, a bunch of my listeners aren't going to like this because he's a Brewer, and I'm trying to think the uh, who was it that dodged a bullet the other night? Literally dodged a screamer oh, where, right where back he, at him. Was that when he catched? He caught it. He caught he it. I think that was Jeffress. I think Jeffress caught that. It was a screamer by Williams Astadio because they were playing the Twins. And he even said after, I thought I was done for. That's a screamer coming right for his head. And they leave the bat at over 100 miles an hour. Those kind of line drives, they can track that now with things like fan graphs and what have you. Yeah, I don't even know if how, as a pitcher, you're able to, like, concentrate. I'd be flinching after every pitch I threw. <laughs> I'd be like, is this ball coming back at me? You know what I, I mean? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it either. And, and you know, we've seen players get hit, and it's it's not a pretty sight, man. Like you said, 100 miles per hour, a baseball coming at you. You could die. Especially if you're, you know, you have a big follow through as a pitcher. You're vulnerable. You're not in a place where you could just hop you could be and leaning try to forward. get out of the way. Yeah, yeah you're, you're forward. forward. All your momentum's going one way, and here's a ball coming back at you. I, 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 I don't know I how he caught that it. ball. I don't either. Oh my, I like, really don't. Like what happened? Like, obviously, I think he was trying to. Most of the time, those players catch it. It's because they're trying to get out of the way, and right. the ball just happens to get into their glove somehow. But yeah, man. I remember I a few know, years scary. ago when Jay Happ was with Toronto, I think, and he took a line drive back to the head. And thankfully, he's okay and still performing, I would say, at a high level. There are some Yankee fans who don't agree. They want a little more out of him. Are Yankee fans ever happy? No, they're never satisfied. Give them 27 playing. championships. 
they're looking ahead to the right. next one. They're yeah. looking ahead to number twenty-eight. Yep. Give a mouse a cookie. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I said, this whole the whole situation. Get the nets up and and let's move on and prevent your fans from getting seriously injured. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you just about to the 5 o'clock hour. Don't forget this evening on Channel 3, you are able to see the local sports awards. Because somewhat the local sports Emmys, the high school all sports show. Is that streamable? Is there like an app? Can Listen, you watch it online? You can't. Well, okay, there's a CBS app that you can get. Um, and there's some sort of fee. I'm not sure if this show will be on there, so I don't really want to guide people to go pay their money to go get that just just yet. I'm, I've been I've been trying to tell my station we need to start streaming a little bit more. You know, have an app and things like that. So we're we're definitely working on that. But the, if you can get to a TV, definitely tr- uh, do it and, and tune in. It's going to be a great time. Um, we have our Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm going to be posting um, at least the segments for the winners. Um, on there as the show is happening so um, you can definitely go to our facebook page our twitter page um, then it's just the local through high school sports zone but like you said it's 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 we try to do it with a vibe of it's like a, a it's like an award show you know i'm up there acting a fool um and we we got the the winners nominees cards and things like that and and like i said man our our big goal is to make it an actual live show make it an evening for people to come you know travel here to marquette with their family sit in an audience um and in real time live out you know be able to go up the winners and, and give their little speeches and things like that so um, we're slowly working our way to that point but it's just a fun little show man that we put together it's not meant to be anything serious uh, you know, we like to have a good time, and and it's just us to, to celebrate and shine light on on some of the great athletes that we have here in the UP. I think this year was, you know, we had a very strong field. Obviously, a lot of great coaches um, and things like that. And um, we're just trying to get the word out there because honestly, a lot of the the list of nominees that we have they come from the athletic directors, and and sometimes when I don't get a response from them, then you're not going to get on the list, yeah. and and then I I feel the 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 wrath of that when when a, when a student or a coach isn't on the list so um, just working out the kinks may, you know maybe we'll try to do a little bit better job next next season um, just just putting the list together and finding alternate ways to to compile a list because it's not just me you know I, it's not me just picking my favorite players or who I think the best you know we want to get get the school to the schools to get involved so um, but like I said we have we have a strong list here uh, this year and and um, you know. Uh, the winners are are definitely definitely worthy and definitely uh, deserve it because they've done a lot of cool things. Seven thirty tonight on Local Three. Unlike Jake Station, you can go to our app and hear this show on demand. I'd love to be able to see your show. I'm going to do my best to try and uh, get a hold of a copy and find a way to see that. Tell you what, I love your idea of making it an event where people can come out. You know, maybe get some dinner and evening uh, at the Emmys of some sorts. Only problem I could foresee with that is someone, a parent out there to celebrate, a couple of adult beverages. Hey, you snubbed my kid, man. How how are you going to pick that guy over my kid? That, that would be the only flaw I would see in that. Right, play. right. And, yes, um, I would hope that, you know, people would act right and <laughs> and, and understand. I, I guess I can't say that because at games, people yeah. parents act a fool as well. But I would hope people would recognize, you know, it's meant to be a celebration you know, there's definitely a lot of deserving athletes to win. You know, a handful of athletes could win these awards. Um, but like we said, we try to do it as fair as possible. We get the athletic directors involved, and it's a voting process. Um, the only thing I think we can do a little bit better is maybe somehow get the word out better that voting is happening. But I think that that'll come as our seasons progress and, and it, we get a bigger following. So, um, we're you know, we, we did our best this year, and I'm really happy with, with how it turned out. And, and I'm definitely the, the winners are, are deserving. Jake Durant from Local 3, our guest, as he is on every Thursday. I try to be here every Thursday. Try to be every Thursday. Appreciate you as always, man. Have fun at the show tonight. We will. Thank you for having me, and and, uh, definitely tune in if if you are around the television tonight. That is it for us on the Sports Pen. Thanks for tuning in. I'm back on tomorrow. As always, signing off from the ESPN-UP WZAM studios. My name's Tanner Hoops. Here's Will Kane.